Hello, everyone. I'm Sabyun Sasa. Welcome to Culture Rainbow, a place where we explore cultural differences and diverse ways of thinking and living through storytelling. In this series of Life with an Indian, I would like to share with you the challenges we experience on a daily basis with my Indian partner, as well as how we try to find a compromise regarding our cultural differences. And in this episode, we'll talk about our different perceptions of privacy. Upon my arrival in India, I have immediately been overwhelmed by the size of the population. Everywhere is crowded, be it on the streets, on the buses, or in the trains. So very quickly, I have noticed it is almost impossible to have my private space. In trains, for example, privacy is considered as a luxury. The higher the fares you are willing to pay, the less crowded your coach will be. The most common coaches are sleeper coaches. Once I have booked a ticket in the free AC coach, the layout is similar to sleeper coach, except there is air conditioner. There are three levels of bunks: upper, middle, and lower, arranged in base of six on one side of the aisle, and base of two on the other side. Usually, you get seats allotted on the side which has six bunks. These coaches do not have curtains, so during the day, the other passengers can see what you're doing at a very close distance. And at night, given the distance between the six bunks is very small, five other unknown people sleep in your immediate vicinity. I think in my whole life, I never experienced to such an extent a lack of personal space. And if your ticket didn't get confirmed and its status is RAC, reservation against cancellation, you are allowed to travel, but you have to share the same bunk with another passenger. So passengers would even have to twist their bodies in different ways to fit in half a bed. Imagine sharing a bed with a complete unknown stranger. The lack of private space is not only in trains but also in households. Indians have very big families. When I go to my in-laws' house, sometimes there can be up to ten people living there at a time: my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my boyfriend, his three brothers, my two sister-in-laws, one baby, and me. Each couple has their own room, but no one closes their door. Even when they are sleeping, they still keep their door half open. As the doors are never closed, anyone can come anytime. So people would pop up in your room several times a day to call you for a chat or for a cup of chai or for some snacks. So there is no private space as such, and most of the time people are not even in their rooms. They are sitting with others in the common area. Growing up in France was a totally different experience. In public transport, if we see a row of two seats and one seat has already been taken by someone. We would rather look for another empty row rather than sitting next to someone, unless the bus or train is too crowded and leaves us with no choice. At my home in France, everyone has their separate room. Of course, we enjoy each other's company during meals, and we occasionally go for a walk together. But we can spend quite a lot of time inside our own room, indulging in our own pastimes without any disturbance behind closed doors. The reason why I mention private space before talking about privacy is because I think there is a close link between the two. Osama Mansur, researcher at the Digital Empowerment Foundation, wrote in a 2017 article 
that privacy is the state of being alone and not watched or disturbed by other people. So if it is impossible to be alone and people are constantly watching or disturbing you in your activity, like in most parts of India, there is very little room left for privacy because there is simply no space for it to exist. An intrusion into one's personal space is rarely considered an invasion or awkward in India. I remember a few weeks after starting my semester in an Indian university, one of the female security guards in the hostel helped me to carry some stuff into my room. She walked in without asking for my permission and lied on my bed. I was so shocked because in France, no one would go to someone's bedroom unasked and lying on somebody's bed is unimaginable. For the first time in my life, I felt like someone intruded my personal space. Likewise, as Indians grow up in a community structure where every part of one's life is open to and intertwined with a family, a village, or a society, they don't consider seeking personal and private information of an individual as interference or breach of privacy. For them, it is just a way of sharing and caring. The first time I came across this behavior was with another female security guard in the same university hostel. She asked me to show a few photos of my mom from my phone. So I gave it to her without second thought. After five minutes, she still hadn't given me back the phone. So I looked over to see why looking at three pictures could take her so long. I was horrified to discover she was scrolling over all my other pictures. That was unacceptable. I showed her my mom's picture, but it didn't mean that I want to show her all the pictures of my life. For example, the pictures that I took at a nudist beach, I would rather she didn't see them. I didn't take any precautions before giving her my phone because be it in Hong Kong or in France, people would seldom ask for another person's phone. And if they really need someone else's phone to do some urgent work, they would never look at any data on that person's phone because privacy is a deep-rooted concept in both places. Despite having several similar experiences afterwards, the day my boyfriend asked me what was the password of my phone, his question still caught me off guard. Suspecting an upcoming breach of my privacy, I defensively asked, what do you want to see from my phone? And he said, nothing special, just wanted to see what's there. I refused to give him the password and tried to explain the notion of privacy. He said, what is this? I grew up without privacy. According to how I grew up, anyone not wanting to show their phone data means that they have something to hide. How can I trust you and build a relationship with you? if there are things that you wish to hide from me. I told him privacy is not about secrecy. It is not about what you want to hide, but what others need not see. I said, I don't have anything to hide from you. But for example, the conversations that I have with my family and friends are none of your business. He said, yeah, but is there any problem if I want to see any of these conversations what is so secret? I said, okay, see, for example, if someday we have a fight and I want to complain about it to my sister, 
I wouldn't necessarily want you to read what I wrote because there would be words of anger. Yeah, but even if they are words of anger, you don't have to hide them from me, he replied. Then I added, it's not only about you, it is about the other people as well. How will my friends feel if they write something private to me and you happen to read it when they assume that only I will be reading what they wrote? He replied, but how will they find out that I read? Why do you care more about the feelings of any random friend than my feelings? Then the argument would escalate and go on and on. No matter how hard I tried, he didn't seem to understand the need for privacy, a concept totally alien to the hypersocial environment in which he grew up in. He could not understand it other than secrecy. Desperate, I rushed to my Hindi teacher for help. She told me that in India, it is quite common to look at other people's phones as a pastime. One of her good friends that she used to meet once every two weeks used to always take a look at the data of her phone every time they met. She told me that it is a pretty harmless entertainment that people resort to when they are bored. They don't know what to do, so they look at someone else's phones and mess somebody else's photos and messages. I remember seeing that a lot when I was at my in-law's house. People used to just grab one another's phone and started scrolling. I also read some articles about the Indian understanding of privacy. And on the same article I mentioned above, Osama Mansur wrote that from childhood, there is this implicit understanding that children should not close their bedroom doors even when they go to bed. Because in many houses, both in rural and urban India, locking your door even as adults, unless you are changing clothes, is considered an act of secrecy and not privacy. And there is no proper word in Hindi or in other Indian languages for the word privacy. It is very tricky to understand something when you don't even have a word for it. And in my boyfriend's cultural conditioning, asking for privacy is considered as having something to hide. I had a chat with my family as well. Growing up with the notion of privacy, they staunchly opposed sharing my password with my boyfriend. My mom said, we have seen both of you have a lot of cultural difference, but you should not sacrifice what is important for you. If you give in this time, he will ask you to give up even more things in the future. My sister said, if he trusts you, he should not look at your phone. Asking for password is a lack of trust. And both of them said, if you want to have it your way and he wants to have it his way, then why can't both of you meet in the middle? Why do you have to sacrifice your needs and wants? What they don't understand is that for some issues, there is not always a way in the middle. There is no such thing as semi-privacy, right? Either you have or you don't have. For me, starting from the moment I understood that my boyfriend wanted to look at my phone, not to keep an eye on me, but just as a pastime, I already felt more relaxed. I used to feel tense and defensive because my cultural upbringing taught me that a breach of privacy means surveillance and lack of trust. Just like bolo means speak in Hindi, but cake in Portuguese, the same thing can mean different things to different people. For people who don't understand Chinese characters, there are mere drawings, 
but for Chinese people, there are symbols that convey real meanings. So I think we just need to be a little bit more flexible to rewire our mind and our perception of reality with the new understanding of how other people's minds are wired. With this in mind, I gave my password to my boyfriend to put an end to this trust issue. Soon, I realized that he mainly used my phone to look at the pictures that we took as most of the photos were taken with my phone. And occasionally, he had a look at the discussion in my family group because growing up in a family-oriented environment, he wanted to be aware of the recent updates in my family. As all of the discussions were in French and he could not understand, he lost interest after some time and stopped reading. In any case, the reality was very different from the worst I had feared, that he would spy on every single conversation I would have with my family and friends. I think what helped me in overcoming this intercultural difference is the understanding that everything is just an interpretation. Different cultures can give different meanings to the same phenomenon. The key is to remember that the phenomenon itself does not carry any inherent meaning, but our minds imputed a meaning to it. Just like with languages, we arbitrarily attributed the word cake to the object cake. But for people who don't speak English, the word cake does not mean anything. So sometimes we need to remove the meaning we ascribed to certain things, remind ourselves that that thing is neutral, then add the meaning that makes sense to the person with whom we are communicating. Just like I learned that bolo means cake in Portuguese, but when I started learning Hindi, I needed to remind myself that bolo does not carry any meaning in itself. It does not necessarily have to mean cake. And for Hindi speakers, bolo means speak. So I need to add that new meaning to this word in order to communicate effectively with Hindi speakers. At the end of the day, in order to appreciate the richness of humanity and the diversity of meanings we can ascribe to the same thing, we need to let go of our self-righteousness and be open to look at the existing things with a new angle. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share it with anyone who would like the story. And you are welcome to share your thoughts with me too. Have a nice day or evening, depending on where you are right now. Bye! Bye!